Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Blast from the Past podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan. And I'm Adley Elizabeth, and welcome back to this week's episode about... PlayStation! Woo! The console for family, friends, and fun. Definitely. So, before we dive into that, how was your week, Jonathan? Uh, so, this week, uh, a lot of things happened. Um, I got a haircut, so that's, that's something, so I look... A little bit better now, in my opinion, um, without all the long kind of wavy hair. And uh, yeah, it's a lot more manageable. Um, other than that, I just yesterday uh, got voted as FSR Beta Vice President. Woo! So it was eight to one. And wow. I, yeah, I'm really, really happy. I'm very excited to kind of take up that role. Um, yeah, definitely. I also found out that I scored the highest grade for my presentation on my measles project. Really? Compared to everyone else. Congratulations. Great job. And, you know, I really, really was a little bit surprised that some of my classmates um, struggled in the ways that they did. Really? I think it also may have been the fact that, you know... As an American, you you're you're taught from like I think fourth grade, so when you're ten years old, to present and how to talk to people and how to get an idea across without um, straining too far from the point. Yes. And uh, and yeah, you make these slides and presentations at like ten years old. Yeah. And uh, and I think it just kind of kicked in, like what you have to say and uh, present, and um, and yeah, I think also just a little bit of acting like you know what you're talking about as well. Yes, but I think it also helps. But were all the presentations in English? Yes. So I think it also helps that it's your native language because I do still see a lot of people around us on this university which are roughly our age and have passed uh, school grades with good grades and concerning English still struggling with actually speaking proper English. And I don't mean the, the English in the sense of, hey, I'm having a talk with a friend, but I mean the actual proper English, the way you need to formulate certain sentences to do presentations. To clarify, it wasn't that they weren't speaking English well, it was that their energy towards the project was just... Drained? It. So I saw someone in my group that just said, yeah, and these are some equations, and this was actually British... These were some equations. Wow. These are some equations. And yeah, next slide. That's it? And I was like, what the f... That's bad. <laughs> I mean... I'm like, not- I was surprised. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, thankfully, my group, we, we have a lot of fun, but we also really enjoy what we're doing, which is measles. Great. Uh, yeah. Everyone had to choose their own disease project to do. And, uh, and measles, which is something that, you know, very much so is almost an extinct uh, virus. Now coming back in full, uh, full flush because of the uh, anti-vaccination movement. Yes. So yeah, it was. It's a very, very much an interesting uh, project to work on and talk about. 
and I'm very excited to get back home and work on it now to good meet the deadline on Sunday. So. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God, Sunday deadlines are the worst. Well, you know, it's like, you know, Saturday, like who works on the Saturday? And then Sunday, it's like, okay, guys, it's nine. Let's uh, let's pump like the best three hours of our life. So I, I had a discussion with one of the teachers I had at the beginning of this master's. And they said to me, we always put the deadline on Monday evening. And I said, why? It has been scientifically proven that if they give you the Monday evening deadline, that the work is about 20 to 35 percent better in terms of quality than if they put it on a Sunday. So I don't understand why we're not picking this up and why teachers are not implementing this more. Because it's actually true. I did find that my motivation to get work done heavily increased if it was due during the week. Yes, because there you're still in that kind of work vibe and everybody needs some time to cool down and to relax and to unwind. And that's usually the weekends. Actually, that's a great point. I, I think it's m- also that, you know, professors want to emphasize the next step of a project. Sure. Uh, in the course, but I, I get the point. It's a, uh, I get both points. But, anyways, so that's that's what happened for for my week. Um, nothing really new. I'm fast approaching to the end of my semester, and uh, and yeah. Oh oh oh! And I have been loving my Nintendo Switch. I have. So this past week, I profited twice as much bells that I usually had by going into the turnips game. I see you do a lot of like uh, Animal Crossing gaming. Whenever I'm on my Switch, I was like, boop, boop, one of your friends is online and then I go and log on and I always see Jonathan is playing Animal Crossing over 65 hours in there. I'm like, wow, dude, you're you really know, have some hours When you hours say going. it like that, yeah, it sounds like I have a problem, but you know, they, they do no. this thing where they make it tricky. If you miss a day, you don't get as many points for like checking into the Nook system. And you need those bells because you want to decorate. I've seen some fabulous decoration of people who play Animal Crossing. They rebuild entire anime scenes. They they do. It just mesmerizes yeah, me. Yeah, I well, my actually my inspiration for my island was actually Jurassic Park, and oh, I'm no longer up- upgrading my house because I now have almost six hundred thousand bells, and I'm gonna wait what? for the next uh, turnip stock market yeah uh so that i can try and get more and i'm actually glad i sold my bells for twice the price yeah it did peak again the next day but i think there's always two peaks in a week usually unless there's like a steady downward like would there already be some kind of study concerning animal crossings like monetary system well yeah there there actually have been and they've been incredibly helpful uh but they they do say that if there is a spike do not sell on the first spike because there's guaranteed to be a second one Mm. and because the prices for the turnips change on a day-to-day basis so for example you could have bells worth 381 bells one uh before noon and then worth 63 bells afternoon which is what i observed perhaps Uh, in the future we should actually do an episode about this i remember playing the very first installation of animal crossing and it has changed so much also the wedding season is on an animal crossing so i see a lot of people getting married yes it is and apparently june is wedding Month. Month. And yeah. you actually have a mission. You could go to this guy named Harvey's Island and take wedding photos uh, on couples' behalfs. But anyways, that's that's my week. Also, Ace Attorney is great. I stayed up till almost four last night trying to pin this producer from the Hollywood set, D. Vasquez. I'll 
figure out a way to uh, get her to break. But until then, uh, that's my that's my current challenge. How's your week been, Natalie? Well, aside from the usual, you know, working on a thesis, not uh, very interesting, but trying to finally battle my way through the last part of literature. I, um, in the evenings, I enjoy some relaxation time. I picked up uh, Pokemon Let's Go Evening again. Finally, I beat the last gym leader. Um, still trying to train my Dragonair uh, in a high enough level to become a Dragonite. Struggling with it majorly because it doesn't get as much XP as I would like it to do, even when it wins a battle. So I've been looking to trade it with someone so I can trade it with someone and trade it back because then it grows a lot quicker. Really? But I need somebody with Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee that I can trade it with. Well, maybe I'll pick up Let's Go Pikachu. and Because uh, I was actually thinking about doing the Pikachu route because Eevee, eh, it's fun, but Pikachu, that's where, where the homeboy's at. If you pick at. it up, I'm going to be internally grateful because then I can actually, you know, send my Dragonair to you and I can catch an an early on uh, Dratini for you because you catch him at level 10 but only way later when you actually get Surf yeah. so it's a pain well I bought Sword because I heard that Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu were really kind of more for kids um, yes and no it's a lot of fun um, I love the fact that they did a lot more with the game than the original one because now you can beat all the gym leaders beat the Elite Four and then beat all the gym leaders again. So there's a lot more to do, um, but it still follows the storyline of the original game. Mm -hmm. Also, they're kind of teasing now, let's go uh, second generation. So I hope they're going to do some sort of crossover where you can take your Pokemon you had in Let's Go Eevee onto Let's Go whatever, Ho-Oh or Let's Go Lugia. Or I, I'm really hoping that is the case. But Let's go, bro. Let's go, bro. Yeah, definitely. You want to go? <laughs> but definitely yeah. pick it up because... It is the only game, and I mean the very only game, that helps you relive those first Pokemon memories. I was because telling my girlfriend about it, and because uh, she hadn't played anything since Diamond. And she needs to play Let's I told, Go Pikachu. I or told Let's her, go. I'm like, yeah, you can actually see the Pokemon in the grass. And yeah. And she's like, oh my God. And you can God. see them in the water. It's not like, and in the caves, in the water, you just see a, a, a random Magikarp splashing about or a Starmie swimming. It's so much better than the original they Pokemon game. They make it game. so much more it's immersive. It's so great. I mean, it's a lovely game. And I recommend anybody who who played the first series of Pokemon to pick up this game because you're going to relive so much memory. So you even start off the game trying to get the parcel to another town. Yeah, I think that that's the first step in, in the uh, in the Kodo region. And and I was telling my, my girlfriend about it, like, well, in Sword, you can actually sneak around the Pokemon if you can't be bothered. And you can actually spot out a shiny Pokemon in the grass as well. I caught my first shiny and it was a, uh, I forget the name of the bird, but it, it, it's like that common blue bird in the beginning. Anyways, like I spotted it from the from the group because it was, I was like, that one looks different. And it doesn't have like a shiny thing or anything. It just it appears different. Different or, color, yeah. Or if like there's a special kind of Pokemon with some sort of stat, it'll have like an aura around it. And ah, I told her. Okay, that, this is not in Let's Go, but in Let's Go, you can also sneak around the Pokemon. If you feel like, nope, not wanna, be bothered and have another encounter with a Magikarp, you just surf around them and you're off. Yeah, exactly. It's and a great system. And she was telling me about how, about how she had to use like repels, like annoyingly, just so she could get through like this cave. Yes. And, uh, and actually we talked a little bit about how it was in English. 
Yeah. And how it was actually it was harder to play the games because they weren't in Dutch. No. And uh, and yeah, I was telling her a little bit about uh, what we were talking about, and uh, and yeah, very much was a thing. Uh, so I can confirm it very much was a thing early on. Pokemon was yeah, in English, and you had to kind of have a dictionary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't the only wacky one who did that. Who had the dictionary and a parent present to ask questions because who know what a parcel was when you were six? Exactly. You did. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, let's go back to, to today's episode, what we're actually going to talk about, because I'm going to talk about this for hours, yes. but we're here to talk about PlayStation. PlayStation. So, imagine back when you were a kid, back in the early 2000s, and, you know, this was the time of, of uh, well, the first thing I can think of is George W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Senior, though. But no, this was the time of, of you know, uh, pocket cell phones, flip phones, and... Uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, Hannah Montana, as well. Yeah, and and uh, sync just a little bit, and CD-ROMs, and uh, anyways, but uh, this was now the end of the age of the Nintendo 64. You know, it was on its kind of last little bits as more and more games were adopting the 3D uh, style of uh, imagery. Mm-hmm. And had more polygons. And speaking about polygons, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, PlayStation, the system that has been ingrained in gaming culture since the mid-90s. And it all started with a Japanese brand called Sony. Now, originally, uh, the PlayStation uh, is uh, consists of a... The idea of it was to have a media center and have uh have a line of controllers for it as well and the brand was produced by sony of course which uh well actually sony interactive entertainment which is a branch of uh sony and its first console released uh in japan in the december in december of 1994 and then worldwide following uh that year and the original console in the series was the first console of any type to ship over 100 million units doing so in under a decade its successor, the PlayStation 2, which was released in 2000. The millennial console. Exactly. And that was the one that really took off. This was the first time uh, you really had that kind of multiplayer experience, and it was a much different level of gaming. Definitely. But I believe the idea of a PlayStation is much older, because I know it's actually a brainchild of Ken... Kutogari or something? I'm terrible with pronouncing last names, but you must know who I, who I mean. Well, so the PlayStation was actually uh, produced, and it was the it was the idea of a Ken Kutogari, which is a Sony executive who managed the company's hardware engineering division in Sony, and he was later dubbed the father of the PlayStation. And the console's original uh, date actually goes back to 1998 which that's is when it was i know that's 22 years ago uh it was actually it was actually uh, a joint project between nintendo and sony to create a cd-rom for the super famcom believe it or not and uh this whoa this just blew my brain so playstation is originally a joint project between sony and nintendo for super famcom right of all the game systems and although nintendo denied the existence of a sony deal as of late march 1991 uh sony actually revealed a super famcom with a built-in cd-rom drive that incorporated green book technology or 
as we call CDI, called PlayStation. But with a space between play and, and station. station. So it's just play station. And uh, which is also uh, because the Super Famicom, as we know in the States, is the Super Nintendo. Yeah, the Super Nintendo. True. Uh, it, it was actually called the uh, SNNES CD. So you're just adding a CD to Super Nintendo. Wow. So like this was like very, very ambitious 90s technology going on here. And uh, and yeah, and if, if you ever really knew how ambitious Nintendo was, I just take a look at the Power Glove, which was uh, a motion controlled glove, which yeah. I actually still have to this day. But the thing is with Nintendo, and I think we see this a lot, and we've also emphasized this in a lot of the episodes, they're usually a bit ahead of their time, and they develop these futuristic-like consoles. You know, it, it's... I, I say it's because, you know, Japan can't have an army, and so they just... <laughs> they just do technology. anything else to conquer the world. Yeah, exactly. basically. With consumer at-home entertainment. And so... <laughs> So yeah, they definitely dominated that that market. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. And so we have the entertainment that we have today. But uh, but anyways, so so Nintendo announced it would be breaking its uh, partnership with Sony because of this. Right. Uh, and Sony actually opted to. Oh, I, I believe it was. You help me out with this, Adelie? Well, um, what I know, because Philips is actually a Dutch company, Nintendo opted to go with, with Philips instead, um, using the same technology, because the first technology was made in-house by Nintendo. Um, Isn't Philips like a screwdriver company? <laughs> Philips originally was a light bulb company, so they were one of the first ones to mass-produce light bulbs in Europe. And they had some ad more advanced technology going on, but mainly in bigger industrial things. And only later on, and I'm talking very, very later on, they started segmenting and specializing in very different markets. So, for example, they specialized a lot in medical equipment. Those big MRI scanners, they're usually mm, Philips. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they do all sorts of stuff. But they started out as a light bulb you know, company. Now that I think about it, I actually have a Philips toothbrush. Yeah, they do a lot of health things actually and it used to be a Philips lightning division where they would make specialized lights for parties and they were one of the first out to came out with this light which was called the something strobe light something something color no well it kind of looks like a strobe light but it was for in your house you place the light and there was this um, this kind of controller with it which you could it had a wheel on it and you could move it to all the colors you wanted so it was kind mm. of a rainbow lamp with one lamp in there and it had some kind of technology in there because if you took the light bulb out it was just white light but somehow they managed to make it all kinds of colors prisms probably prisms would yeah. do that so and they've traditionally always been very good at that um, that's interesting yeah also that deal was broken of course yeah of course um, no. and of course at that time uh, negotiations were also still going on between Nintendo and Sony yeah and uh Nintendo actually offered Sony a non-gaming role regarding their new partnership with Philips. And, of course, this proposal was swiftly rejected uh, by Kodagari, who was facing increasing criticism over his work with regard to entering the video game industry from within Sony. It was not uh, very well liked at the time to for Sony to have a, a video game system. They didn't see the market in it at the time. Uh, years before that, they... I mean, Nintendo had a bunch of releases that just were not great, and it followed up with, because Sony was an entertainment, uh, it was very much a company, uh, 
with electronics. Yeah, I, I, I can emphasize that. I think I know from my early childhood that I know Sony of the, the televisions, but especially of the, the CD setups where you would have this big Sony thing in-house and which uh, could coordinate all the speakers to have sound, but yeah. not necessarily in those times. You didn't really make the correlation in your head that Sony was something that would do, for example, a gaming system. No, they, they specialize with appliances for at-home entertainment. Yeah. And this was very much an ambitious move for them. Yeah. And of course, we all know how that turned out. You know, they just revealed the PlayStation 5 recently, of course. But uh, Can you imagine in hindsight what the difference is? Because I know uh, of what I can recollect is that after all those partnerships broke, they had a very big internal discussion what was going to be uh, the next step for the PlayStation project. And I think out of sort of miscontent, shame, I don't know, the the guy managed to Kudagari. Yeah, Kudagari managed to um, convince one of the Sony directors to keep the PlayStation project but house it under Sony Music. Something. Sony Music. Yeah. So later on, I believe it was housed um, under Sony Music, which was a completely separate financial entity owned by Sony. So they could retain the project and they could sort of maintain a relationship with Philips for the MMCD development, which which later helps because a lot of people don't know this, but 50% of the technology for the DVD is actually from the Netherlands because it was developed by Philips. Really? I didn't even know that Philips was a Dutch company. Yes, Philips is Dutch. They come from Eindhoven. (laughs) Well, you know, the more you know. Uh, Yeah, that's that's actually pretty funny. I, I didn't realize how intermingled American culture and Dutch culture really yep. was, uh, is still, and uh, yeah, that's that's fun stuff. Um, so, I, if you look at it in in hindsight, I think it's pretty interesting that the PlayStation has kind of moved away as being something for sound, and now yeah. if you look at the reveal of PlayStation Five, it very much changed. It so it changed, and there's I don't know in this new version if they even included the option to play Blu-rays or whatever what or play music on it i don't think so i think well blu-rays were kind of big in the 2010s i but i think everyone streams yeah their stuff now so that from playstation being like this all-in-one solution for your cds for videos for whatever what has kind of disappeared and it's become just a gaming console versus it starting out as sort of something like a music player so i think the development in that is pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting actually to see what the PlayStation actually adapted to over time. Yes, you know, like definitely. they included PlayStation games, and you know, e- even then they also started uh, before uh, memories for these games were actually uh, really big compared to that of the Nintendo sixty four. So much so that they actually had to have. Uh, memory cards for uh, for the games really? themselves. I didn't know this. And I think it was actually PlayStation that had... Uh, it was really an ambitious project because they had games that the Nintendo system at the time just could not handle. These files that were just way too big. Let me dive into that later on and talk a little bit later about this. Fair because enough. I'm really interesting to read up some about this also to our listeners. Why don't, in the meantime, while I fact-check this, why don't... Why don't you tell me about your experience with your PlayStation? So, my experience with playing the PlayStation 
Uh, growing up, of course, 2000s, uh, I myself had a PlayStation. It was either you had an Xbox or a PlayStation, or if you uh, were indecisive, you had both. But anyways, I had the PlayStation and my friends had uh, the Xbox. And growing up, I played uh, a lot of different uh, different games, of course, but my biggest game that I played was actually Kingdom Hearts. And Kingdom Hearts is a game that it was actually the joint project of Disney and Square Enix, who's famous for the Final Fantasy games. And what they managed to do was create a game that was hard enough for the casual or the avid gamer so that it could feel like it was that much of a challenge. They even had like a hard mode for the more experienced gamer. And they had the story and the characters and the arc that was a lot more friendly to kids. I agree. And it created almost like... Uh, well, it created a huge fan base of not only Final Fantasy and Disney characters, but it, it kind of had that special overlap that you can really only get with Kingdom Hearts. You know, you see your beloved childhood friends, uh, Donald and Goofy, help you to fight the the darkness. I know this is sounding very Joseph Campbell, but... uh fight the darkness and save the world and then return light to the, the universe. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I played a lot of these games. Uh, and I remember I didn't know what a memory card was. I didn't know how I was able to save my games because I could never save my progress. It said, would you like to save? There's no memory card. I'm like, well, what the hell is a memory card? Like, this is me as like a, like a 10 year old. And of course my parents wouldn't know. Cause you know, back in the day you just, you had your cartridge you on the game cartridge and it just saved your data right then and there. Yep. And it was a whole new concept getting another piece of technology just so you could play your game. So every damn time you had to start all over again. I remember those struggles too. And they, these memory cards were like, you know, if, if you would have some video, but they were really small. They were not bigger than my thumb, just a bit wider, but they, they were, were small. quite small. And, you know, before I had one, I just left the system on because otherwise you'd lose your Oh progress. my God. And power outages were the worst. Yeah, I can and imagine. Yeah, eventually, finally, we got a memory card after me just leaving the PlayStation uh, 2 on like for like two days. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, that was me growing up. This And this was my one form of entertainment growing up uh, in Alaska, actually, which is where I was living for eight years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and yeah, it got me through some pretty dull times living there. But uh, I can imagine. But yeah, I and uh, and yeah, I watched all my movie uh, yeah. movies and, and back in the day, yeah. it was still an, an an all-in-one solution. You still could do so much with it. I remember the PlayStation for me being the first one I actually got, which was this little gray thing on on the floor, and it had Spyro with it, and I loved that game. So, fun fact, growing up, actually, we, we, well, of course, I had a PlayStation 1, and we actually, my uncle had found a way to connect it to the van, so that, you know, as you drove, it would charge and power up the PlayStation 1, and it made road trips a lot 
more it, fun. Yes, I can imagine. You were one step away of installing a, a TV in your car to actually play. Eventually we did that. But Oh, uh, good Lord. Let's not go into that too far. I think it's time for a song before we dive too far into that. Of course. This is a, this is a song by the Smut Peddlers, uh, and it's titled PlayStation Generation. Here it is. was a very fun song i couldn't help but notice that they said rosie o'donnell's cock like three times i know it's uh, to be fair when i picked this song i only listened to the first part of the song because come on i was researching this on fora and it's pretty difficult sometimes to find songs which specifically reference a gaming installation because it's not just one console it's an entire well, generation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it very much had the 2000s vibe that you grew up having, which was, you know, that kind of rock anthem a little bit. You had, uh, yes. you know, your, your Max Keeble's big move kind of thing going, Nickelodeon, Drake and Josh, and and uh, that sort of thing. Fun fact, uh, Drake Bell uh, did go to my high school. 
Really? Very much so. Uh, ah. Amongst a few other famous alumni. But, uh... Oh, God. You came from a famous high school thing? What did you do? Did bit. you all do high school musical together? Well, no, but I was in the musical theater department. Because ah, it's an arts... Thing. It's a private charter school, and they specialize in the arts, and uh, you audition to get in, so... Wow! I know. I, uh, I was quite lucky. But, uh, anyways, Rosie O'Donnell, fantastic actress, uh, just came out with a HBO series, uh, I Know This Much, which takes place in the end of the 20th century. Anyways, moving on. Uh, uh, I picked this song yes. because I was researching songs again for this podcast, and then I was digging through some of the, the older PlayStation 4 <laughs> You'll be surprised how much you can find on people that rent about Nintendo, which own a PlayStation. Anyhow, <laughs> after digging through those for us, I kind of kept running into this song and people kept referring to it as the main song. So I decided to pick it. And I yeah. think it kind of portrays uh, the rivalry that was um, between Nintendo and PlayStation, especially in the early 2000s. It very much was a thing. I, I do recall there was like, you were either like a Nintendo kid or a PlayStation guy. Yes. But nowadays that changed a lot because Sony doesn't really perceive Nintendo as a major rival. Primarily because the main users typically are a lot younger than PlayStation's target audience. There is something interesting though. Sony intensely focuses on large software publishers and that has supposedly upset some of the executives at the more smaller indie type of game development companies. Um, game makers, especially of the indie type, feel kind of you know, crowded away um, and they prefer to go to Nintendo. But yeah, I can imagine. There's actually quite a lot of available indie yeah. games on the Nintendo store. But Sony, unlike PlayStation, has no plans to support indie development. Um, and uh, they're not going to be focusing on the Tokyo game shows either anymore. It's a question whether that go, will go through or not because of, you know, Corona. So I think this year there's not going to be one. I think... As we shift into this kind of social distancing kind of culture nowadays, a lot of people are just upgrading their systems at home to then yes. download games. And it saves the trouble of having to go to the store. You know, even now you can get your groceries delivered to you. I just found out about Amazon like a few months ago and started it's using great. it, as did my family. It's a fantastic service. Why haven't we been doing this for years now? <laughs> I question that as well. We've had uh, the Dutch version of Amazon, and we call it Bol. We've had it for over 15 years here. Uh, so we're quite used to getting everything delivered to door here. But just now with Corona, it has really taken off. Yeah. And I think PlayStation pretty easily plays into this. If you look at the new PS5 uh, reveal and you see on Fora that the prediction is that the digital version of PS5, where you don't buy the visual games, but I just download them, is probably going to be either $100 or 100 euros cheaper than the one with the actual CD slot. Yeah. So I think... Game, gaming systems are also, I, I don't know, kind of pushing us in that direction. Very much so. It, it's very much kind of changing our culture as well. We we like things to be delivered fast. We want to get it now. Yeah. And I think the the way to that is through a digital marketplace. And yeah. we, we, we see that, you know, especially now more than ever, it, it's a high trend. Even Netflix is, is at its highest right now compared to going to a movie theater. 
I, uh, to be fair, I'm not comfortable to go to a movie theater right now. I don't know how you think about that. But well, no, I, that, but I'm saying Netflix is thriving because yeah. it's like, okay, well, if we can't go to a movie theater, we can't see a movie. But if Even we have Netflix. Even Videoland and Disney Plus is driving here. Although Videoland is like Netflix, but then a Dutch version because we do everything in a Dutch way for some reason. But it's really popular right now and people are really buying it. It is. And uh, and yeah, I, I think this will be something that just continues on after this. Uh, I was always a bit, um, I don't know, people people tend to say, yeah, we're going towards the new normal and everything is going to be more distant. And on one side, I do believe that, that it's going to be different. I think working from home is going to be more normal after this or more accepted. But I do feel that in a year or two, we're still going to be all standing together shoulder to shoulder on some kind of field with some kind of festival. I'm not sure that's ever going to disappear. I don't I, think so. I, well, I think it will come back eventually. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is the first time in history that we are in a quarantine. And No, from that's it, not true. Well, okay. I, t- I take that back. The first time in our lifetimes that yes. you know, there's been a worldwide right. that's true. order to stay at home. Yes. Which is true. something that will definitely be going down in our kids' history books Yeah, as 2020 the, being the shit show that it yeah, is. De- this is definitely, we're going to probably rant to our kids about whenever they say something. They say, you know, when we were young in 2020, we couldn't go outside. We had to stay indoors. Exactly. The government ordered it. You know, if things go really well with my girlfriend, you know, I'll, I'll say, yeah, you know, your mother worked in the hospitals actually, you know, you know helping them, uh, helping these uh, patients. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, how how hard it was you know back then and uh yeah i can i can i can play it up a lot more yeah i, I know in 20 <laughs> years time i'll be like you know like i didn't even i didn't even sleep <laughs> <laughs> i just I, survived off beans <laughs> so there's no reason it why you can't more. do the dishes for five minutes <laughs> exactly. i'm so gonna use this and i'm gonna milk this <laughs> i'm gonna spin this so that they're like man my dad's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I got to do these dishes. I'm like, that's right. Don't you forget it. Uh, and uh, oh, making oh, these I plans now. They're going to work so hard for, at that time, probably the PS10 or the PS20 coming out. Oh, yeah. Do you think there will still be crossover games then? Because what I see now is that we see a lot of crossovers where traditionally PS games are ported to Switch. I've seen Doom. You know? I've seen Elder Scrolls and, Under, and, and Undertale. But I don't see that reverse i see you know it, it's actually really funny because i was noticing this when i was because i got the switch i saw a lot of these games that i had on the playstation uh, 4 already and what we see um what i notice is with nintendo it's very much more of like a family-friendly entertainment system yes and what i like about it is i really like to make that distinction of having my more gory like zombie kind of like intense games on the playstation 4 and my more okay let's take a break and let's go back to family entertainment and let's enjoy the nicer things about what gaming is it's a it's a story and it's it's a fun journey for everyone and i go to nintendo for that and i i actually found it quite interesting that they were now uh you know, porting uh, Skyrim, which is like a very, very big, big game. I think it was actually quite ambitious to have, but I also think it was a little bit of kind of a marketing move because if a Switch can have Skyrim, then it kind of tells players, okay, that's a huge game. That, that That is an open world game that has been popular since it came out in 2011. Mm. You know, can the Switch, and the Switch can handle it. And I think for very much 
Uh, and the same thing with Doom. You know, there's a lot of a stimuli going on. And it really was a way to sell itself. Hey, look at this game that did really well. Look at Bioshock. We, we, can, we can do it just as good as PlayStation can. It makes a very good point, and um, that difference, uh, what I always find interesting is normally you would go to the store, you would see this huge white Wi-Fi router or this kind of toaster, and you would either pick the toaster, the Nintendo Switch, or you would pick the white Wi-Fi router, which is probably going to be the PS5. Um, Where PS, I think, focuses on a really strong gaming experience in terms of sound in terms of graphics i don't know if it's very much that it's like stimulation it's like having like every dish like fed at you at once you know yes you you have the sound you have the vision you know you have the smell the graphics are beautiful i i looked at the release trailer for the ps5 and you had some of the games lined up and they'd have gorgeous graphics i haven't even seen the games that are lined up. oh you should they gorgeous graphics uh the last of us part two they did um, a reveal trailer for that. The graphics are gorgeous. The question I have, though, and we should test this actually, I wonder if you start up the same game on, let's say, the PS4, um, and you start up the same game on the Switch. I think the biggest difference is in the graphics. That's why a Switch can handle such a large game. I think they toned down it the graphics. It will be the graphics. There'll be yes. a lot less anti-aliasing, yes. a, a lot less shadow uh, and, and god effects. Probably it, it, it would tone down a bit, but unless you have the two to compare, you don't really notice no. the difference. And, and it's th- still very much an enjoyable experience, I find. Yes. And I think the Nintendo Switch is more, uh, it, it has some pluses because you can also use it as a portable. Your PS4, you can't really play it somewhere portable. I don't think that's also the point of a PS. I think the point that PS is trying to make is that you have this gaming experience in-house where you're fully focused versus the Switch is more of a social thing. And you can even take it outside. Yeah. It's like a nut. Yeah. You can play <laughs> outside. <laughs> if you're familiar with the PlayStation Vita commercials from yeah. like 2005, you'd get that reference. <laughs> that was an actual commercial Chill. that ran. <laughs> and then people... Made fun of it. And they they quickly, Sony quickly cut that out. Yeah. But of course. Yeah, of course. It's it, it, it was that time in like the t- late 2000s when they're like, oh yeah, I'm just like, I'm a little bit like kind of dorky. Uh, I'm a, a bit white, but yeah, yeah. you're like, you know, McDonald's, I'm cool. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. And I very much remember that time as well. Sprite was a huge thing back then. Everyone was trying to get sponsored by Sprite with some sort of YouTube And nobody knows why. I mean, it's not that great. I mean, Sprite's great. I mean, I loved it as a kid, but I don't drink it much now. No, but the point is that the PS made some successful portable consoles, but they were successful in a niche market. What I remember of the PS Portable and the PS Vita, they were usually successful in Japan. And if they were successful outside of Japan, these were usually girls buying them because they had a lot of the the uh, point-click kind of Japanese uh, JRPG-styled games on them. Mm -hmm. So I think um, their duo focus on that has shifted to one total focus to the grown-up audience. And I think that was the better decision. I think it very much was because PlayStation very much the kind of details you want because a kid that Don't kind of that. stimulation is no. going to be too much it, it's i mean as a kid you're gonna have a headache because it's it's just a lot and i think the switch is family friendly 
to that extent? It is. It's simple colors, I noticed. Yes. And there's a lot less simulation, of course, if you're playing a ace attorney game and trying to finish a case it's a lot more addicting for an adult but you know the it's simple on the eyes yes uh it's very relaxed i i actually notice like it's a lot easier to put down yes and i think as a kid if you see all the stimuli that are coming from a playstation game it can be too much it's very fluid it's very uh what i noticed with uh more recent installments is that you know it's a lot just there's more flow to it and there's a lot more uh reaction to what you do every like every step you take every move you make yeah i was going into the song but uh (laughs) but no it it, like even for example the resident evil 2 release that came out on the playstation 4 Mm -hmm. which uh we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my favorite game a little later but uh but the resident evil 2 uh remake that came out really flowed with this like even your gunshots against a zombie's head uh, like you see the detail that you never saw before. No, and that's what distinguishes PlayStation and Sony to that extent from Nintendo. But they have a lot of popular franchises because, I mean, the Nintendo franchises to me were always very clear. Which what is Nintendo franchise? Zelda, Pokemon, whatever. Mario that was so clear. Fun ones. Um, but if I look at PlayStation, I didn't know. But there's a whole list of them. There's Gran Turismo. There's Final Fantasy, Tekken, Harry Potter, Lego, Tomb Raider, Crash Bandicoot, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Bandicoot. Evil, Spyro, uh, Dragon's Quest, Buzz. I love Buzz, by the way. Guitar Hero, Star Singer, NBA, oh my Silent Hill, Tony Hawk, Madden FFL, Need for Speed, FIFA, and Chrono Cross. And there's probably also Uncharted. Oh, I was about to say Uncharted. <laughs> the Last of Us. Um, yeah, Naughty Dog as a in general is a very uh, PlayStation exclusive uh, I think they are owned by PlayStation, actually, as Probably, a subsidiary. Now that I think about it, because I have never seen anything Naughty Dog released released on another console. Out of that list, what's your favorite? So, well, th- so my tastes changed since being like a child till today. Um, but the very the very first game that I experienced on the PlayStation that just was so magical for me um growing up was resident evil 4 this was the so resident evil 4 the fourth installment well uh the fourth numbered installment there's also code veronica right and we have leon kennedy who's the main like one of the two main stars from resident evil 2 the other being Claire Redfield, which is actually the first uh, game's sister, uh, protagonist's sister. And anyways, we follow him. He goes uh, to some place in Europe, uh, some Spanish village in Europe, trying to find the president's missing daughter who's been kidnapped from university. And the first encounter he has is a strange, like, weird man. That's the first person. And he gets attacked by him. And slowly this whole village kind of, like, just becomes hostile towards him with like axes and pitchforks and he has to he has to shoot his way out he has no choice and they even have like chainsaws and and you go on this really really intense journey uh uncovering like the secrets of of what happened to this village what happened here and what you realize is that there was a overwhelming church influence on the village but the church had this uh this disease that they like uncovered 
and released onto the population slowly. Wow, that's 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 pretty deep. By inoculation, yeah. Now I know why people are a bit Has skeptical it of vaccines. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, that's I mean that's wow. And uh, and I remember it was one of the most intense games I had played, but it was also this was like the first time where I really knew how important upgrades were because as you progress through the game, you can upgrade your guns features. Like uh, you can pay because you, you earn money as like you progress through the game, like through drops or enemy uh, enemies drop stuff and you make your guns better and stronger. And, uh, and of course, like, you know, after playing it for so long, you then unlock infinite ammo from uh, a gun. If you play it on professional or a, uh, or if you uh, beat the mercenaries mode, which is honestly way too much time than I wanted to spend on it, but uh, but you did. But yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was one of the more defining games of of at least my my late teens, and uh, and yeah, it's actually <laughs> funny enough. It was actually ported to the Switch just recently. So I've heard, yeah. And they're actually remaking it uh, because they remade 2, which is also a fantastic game. Mm. Uh, they're actually re remaking Resident Evil 4 again. So I'm very excited for that. I'll definitely be picking that up. On Switch as well. No, no, no. Uh, I, I leave those games for the PlayStation 4. It, it, I it's think a with the graphics, 4. you really want to experience that to PlayStation. And also with the controllers. Like People don't emphasize how important a controller is. With the Switch, it's very much like a... It's tiny, like... you. Don't you play with a pro controller? Uh, I play with the PlayStation 4 controller that has like the light. No, no, I mean... On the Switch? On the Switch, yeah. Yeah, but it it's tiny and it's compact and, it, and there's a certain feel to it that's like, it's not, it doesn't have an intensity. And the games that you play it for aren't button mashing or like, it's not vital that you aim a gun really quick. With the PlayStation 4, the way that the controller actually is held and the way that the trigger is shaped, mm -hmm. it feels a lot friendlier to if you have to wield a gun really uh, okay. quick to get out of a situation and then look around ah uh, okay yeah i i haven't hold a playstation 4 controller to compare it to the switch pro controller because from the start i've bought just a switch pro controller because i like the feeling of an actual controller it's the difference between having like your hands closer together and kind of compact like like and having your hands a bit further apart uh with more room to breathe all right. Well, that sort of make, makes sense. I do remember from my PS gaming time that the controller had just a different feel to it. Well, it was a bit wider. I think over time, especially the controller now for Nintendo, if you look at the Pro Controller, it's a bit more dense in that sense. Um, but I'm surprised that Resident Evil has such a backstory because I'm usually, I really like backstories, but these shooter type of games were never really my favorite. So I, when I started playing the PlayStation, I liked Spyro and of course I liked um, Kingdom Hearts as you did. But my all time favorite game was actually Okami. Okami. I, I loved Okami. And I'm actually playing the remake now on Switch. I remember owning it for PlayStation 2. Well, not owning it, I actually borrowed it from a friend. And I was trying to play through it, but it was pretty difficult because it involves sort of fighting, but more or less you do that with a brush. So you kind <laughs> of have streaks all across the screen with this magical ink that makes enemies disappear and you're supposed to uh, clear out an entire valley fighting these evil spirits and whatever what, you being a big white celestial wolf. Big white celestial wolf with paint. It's a very... It's a very strange concept. Also, it has a lot of 
like references to ancient Japan because really? they call the country in which you live Nippon, which makes sense. And then all the different regions have the different region names that we are known for that well that we know of Japan. There's Kanto region, the same as in Pokemon, which is an actual region in Japan. And it's just it's just a lot of fun. But it's a that is fun. It, it's a little more like friendly type of game where there the, the violence is not that much emphasized. But I always understood for people who do play games which are shooters that it's not specifically the violence. They more or less do it for the thrill of it. It's very much the like what is this? Like this is not well, it's apparent from the reality beforehand. It's not the normal. Like, for example, it's not normal that someone like it, it attacks you and, and has like this kind of like hive mind where they all almost think the same. I hope not. <laughs> and it, it puts you in a situation where you're trying to escape the situation yeah. and rescue the president's daughter, and uh, and you very much have to survive. Uh, off of that, I think I see one of our actually uh, board members, Guy. That's uh, I'm actually looking outside, but I'm not quite sure. But she has the hair, and uh, oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, but maybe it could just be the hair. But um, but anyways, but yeah, it, it, it's very much that story and that's that thrill of going on this adventure, and that's why I play it. It's not it's not just for the gore and it's guts. It's not just for the shooting. That's just a side effect to what you have to deal with. Yeah. And it tries to, because if you don't have that in these situations, it kind of takes the immersion out of it, I notice. If you turn off gore yeah. effects, because you actually can turn off gore effects on these games. Oh, okay, I never They give knew. you that option. Um, but it also leaves that kind of like consequence of what you do out of it. It makes right. you think, oh, this isn't real. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, we go find out if it's actually one of our co-members out there. Why don't we play a song? Yes, this is uh, Eiffel 65, a uh, PlayStation song. Here it is.
that was uh, Eiffel 65. To be honest, I really liked Blue, and I think that uh, I think that was kind of their peak, though, a little bit. Yeah, this yeah. is sort of trying to do something else with something else, but I mean, it was okay-ish. It's it's nice gaming music if you have the sound in the background and you're playing, for example, some kind of a racing game. You're gonna get all hyped up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and that's exactly what it did. I. Uh, I know that you guys can't see the studio, but I very much was dancing like I was at like Cancun 2006 or something like that. <laughs> I can second that, people. I'm actually here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some fun facts about PlayStation. Not saying that the facts before weren't fun, uh, but just some more interesting, maybe not known facts. Uh, did you know, Adley, that each of the symbols on the controller, the circle, the triangle, and the X, and the square, all represent a function? The triangle refers to a viewpoint, and if you can imagine that, it's like a mountain. Yeah. And the direction in which, also the direction in which one is headed, so that's why it's upward. The square refers to a piece of paper representing menus, which actually... So clever. It is so clever. And, because I always thought it was just kind of random how they plotted it, but... Me too. It actually... I didn't have a clue. And... And circle and X represent yes and no. But wait, I mean, X doesn't necessarily mean no. Well, X, it, X means, you know. Isn't it a cross? Well, actually, the for the longest time, people like me referred to it as X, but it's actually uh, officially known as the cross button. So they actually consider it the cross button, but I think they actually, uh, nowadays, they just show the button itself. Yeah. To, to avoid the confusion. But the, the, the cross would make... So much more sense because you across generally you're like no. Well, I think in the American culture, when you say cross, it seems a bit more religious. Yeah, perhaps, I guess because if you say a cross button, it doesn't look like an X. It looks no. like Jesus. Yes, it's true. Oh, that's a strange. Oh, that's looping back to Resident Evil and the whole evil church. Honestly, thing. well, they actually tried to. Well, in Resident Evil Four, they actually came up with their own kind of cross so that they could avoid kind of that oh my but it God, very really? much resembles it a little bit of course because you know there's there's the story behind it and you need it to build on exactly and it makes sense and there's a lot lots and lots it's of like lots an of elaborate tea kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh good lord okay let's go to the next one so playstation kicked off the trend of a slim version of the console i didn't know this because there's never been a well Nintendo has made some slim versions because you had the light versions, but not necessarily slim. But the PS1 saw changes over the years, uh, rearranging and removing some of the, the ports and the chips. Apart from the original size in the year 2000, a smaller, slim version of the console was launched. And we've seen the same trend for the PS2, the PS3, the PS4, and probably the PS5 is going to have a slim version as well. And you know what the PS3 did? Uh, back in the day, because it was such a huge transition into what would be the HDMI gaming. Uh, oh, uh, where now, if you hear that, uh, that is the blinds automatically closing in the studio, which we cannot control. So, uh, <laughs> But bear with us. We're just talking us. about the size of the PS. Nintendo only has... size is not what matters. It's what you do with it, Adley. And you should know this as well. This is actually true for PS. I mean, but not for Xbox. Because the latest Xbox actually looks like a fridge. It's so large. Come on. Exactly. 
But actually what PlayStation did for the PlayStation 3 was they actually incorporated the ability to play PlayStation 2 games so that the transition was a bit more accepted. Oh my god, I've seen so many angry people on Fora because they released that the PS5 is not going to support games of the PS4. That was actually going to be my question at, uh, following up. Uh, but yeah, I I just got um, Battlefield 1, which was on sale 70% off. Yeah, so it was a Ooh, sweet deal. Know, exactly, slid right into... The DMs, but uh, no, I, I uh, yeah, I snagged that, but I, I don't think personally I would be getting a PlayStation 5 quite yet. I think I want to wait a while, yeah, until I have my full experience with all the things I bought and haven't played yet on the PlayStation 4. I actually hear this a lot from people who are diehard PlayStation players um, who are still so busy with the PS4, but then again, there's already a, lots of imaginary going up on the internet saying that the PlayStation 5 will be, will be released during the holidays, um, which I'm not completely sure about because it's produced, I guess, in China, I think. Um, and I'm not sure they're fully up and running, so I'm wondering if they're going to make that Christmas deadline. But I did learn that traditionally PlayStations are always released during the holidays. You know what I found, actually, which encouraged me to buy the PlayStation 4 was actually the game Destiny. You could get it on the PlayStation 3, uh, you could get like this digital deluxe pack, which gave you both the PS3 and the PS4, and you had like a certain amount of time mm -hmm. to transfer over uh, your saves from the PlayStation 3 over to the PlayStation 4. Really? And so, like, even if you played it here, you could also play it on the PlayStation 4, which I actually bought the PlayStation 4 just for that because. Destiny was a huge game. I loved it. I played it with my uncle a bunch of times. It was like online Halo, but a bit more user-friendly uh, as far as connecting. And you've had a long, long, long love affair with Halo because you told me about it in the last episode. Yes. I yeah. actually, because of that episode, I started looking up videos of it and especially that Forager mode, which you mentioned. Yes. And I saw the videos. It was so interesting. People built such a great thing. I was so surprised. It, you can do a lot in Forge mode. Some great, some a little bit, yeah, but... Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun system. Another fun fact uh, about PlayStation: the CD was one of the biggest advantages the PlayStation One had over everyone else. And this was 1996, mind you. Um, and while the content on a cartridge loaded faster onto a console, the CD gave developers a whopping 650 uh, megabytes. Yes, you're pronouncing that good. 650 megabytes. Of space. At that time, that was a lot. That was a Huge. tremendous amount. Even yeah. a memory card was 16 uh, megabytes. Like that, It's so small compared to what we have today. Mm. When you have a, an SD card that can hold 128 Eight. Eight? Eight gigabytes. Gigabytes. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's very easy to get all of your old PlayStation games, which actually Nintendo is slowly doing. Yes. And uh, bringing over. And um, and it may not look like today, of course, you know, because we are going through changes. But, but yeah, each game cartridge for, uh, for the older systems had roughly 12 to 15... Uh, megabytes of space despite this metal gear solid a game i actually remember having for the first time in my life to change a cd in i actually remember you get to a certain point in the snow level and it's like snake insert the second cd now and hideo kojima actually made it super like immersive what he actually did with the playstation i 
where he gets his reputation is he was able to pu push that system and its game immersion so far uh, beyond anyone's really like imagination. He actually, in the game, said, check the back of the box for like this code. You look through the game for this box, you're like, where the fuck is this box? It's nowhere to be found. It's the box in which contains the game. Exactly. Oh, and it's wow. That you look on the back and it has that cutscene, which you can't get no. unless you look at the back of the, the game box in which the CD came in that you have oh, wow. in your house. And of course, if you bought it on the digital store, it still has the same cutscene. You actually have to Google it. To find the code. Exactly. So, I mean, oh. yeah. Actually, the CD was also one of the versions why uh, originally a Nintendo exclusive switched to, switched to Sony. Final Fantasy originally was developed by Nintendo, was a Nintendo exclusive. But they jumped to Sony because the Nintendo cartridges, again, having only 12 to 15 megabytes, wasn't enough for the Final Fantasy games. And Final Fantasy games are usually pretty long, They're if I recall. long and large and colorful, and they have a lot of anime in it. So it makes sense that they made that switch. But it must have been such a such a loss for Nintendo, because if I look at Final Fantasy, it really gives me that... JRPG Nintendo-ish feeling. I think it's by definition like the JRPG that's known across everyone. Perhaps Final Fantasy is the one that kind of started that genre to be fair. Yeah, I'm, it very much was. Like it started I, I think 87? 86? Somewhere around yeah, there. Something like that. And it, was, it had very humble beginnings. And of course, Chrono Trigger which is one of my personal favorite JRPGs. But, uh, but that was actually because I'm also a huge fan of Dragon Ball, and it's styled after uh, Akira Toyama, who uh, designed the Dragon Ball, as mm -hmm. well as Dragon Quest, which I also bought in the Switch. Of course. And, uh, which is also a PlayStation... Ex was actually PlayStation exclusive, Dragon Quest. It very much was, and, uh, and now I'm happy I can enjoy uh, the retro version and the remake version. Fun fact, uh, the newest Dragon Age has an option where you can actually change it to the old graphics because they actually redid it in 3D. Wow. And you can actually replay it in the original 2D graphics and there is something just so beautiful about how they managed to do this 2D scenery. Like there's a, a moment where you're on the cliff with the character in the beginning of the game and the backdrop of like the sunset and like the forest there's just something just so nostalgic about seeing it there that you just can't get out of a 3D game today. No, and sometimes it's it's good to leave the games as they were with the original uh, way they were developed. Bigger, newer is not always better to that extent. Sometimes I just really enjoyed the original game, even if it was 16-bit, yeah, no color at all, 8-bit music, but still 100,000-bit awesome. Why I'm, it's taking so long to play Dragon Quest, actually, is because I want to play it the original way the first time around and then see how the interactions and how the characters who I see in like a like a 8-bit sense change to reflect this new 3D era. Oh, that's really so, cool. yeah, it's very that's much fun. Really cool. And the final fact of PlayStation that we have is that Crash Bandicoot became the PlayStation's mascot while Sony uh, had a decent portfolio of platforming games with cute characters, including Spyro, the the dragon, the one that you're quite familiar with. Yeah. I actually never played that game. Oh, you should. But it feels like Mario, but then in a small purple dragon. Mario, but... 
Does he have a mustache at least? Sort of. He has fire. Yeah, but he sort of also has a mustache. Fair enough. Whiskers. Probably. He doesn't have a hat, so that's the only thing you're really missing. Fair enough. Anyways, but uh So but yeah. Crash Bandicoot. 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 You've been saying Bandicoot oh this whole time. Oh my god. And I, I just I keep saying Bandicoot in the background. <laughs> at least for some of our listeners who will be recognize the better Dutch. than me. Yeah. Who will recognize the Dutch and will actually pronounce it right. So he became the, the defining platform game, making him the official mascot of of the console. And it's true because on a lot of the special PlayStations, because PlayStation is also one, they don't only release slim versions, they tend to also release special versions. Usually, Crash has a special version to his name. You know what's funny? I didn't even play a Crash Bandicoot game until they actually, in the beginning of Uncharted 4, they have you play an early level of Crash Bandicoot. Really? Yeah, within that game. That's super weird. And you try to beat, like... Uh, your partner's score, like in the game. All right. And uh, of course, usually people lose because she's quite good. She's a strong woman who also kicks ass at gaming. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so that was my exposure to it. So yeah, it's, it, it's fun. I never played it. I've never even hold a game, I think. It's such, such, no, it was too far for me. I've always been in the Nintendo quarter, comfortably there, not moving away from there. So what are we going to talk about next week? So next week we were talking about beforehand and funny enough, we actually had separately thought of the same thing. Next week we'll discuss uh, a franchise that we briefly mentioned uh, earlier. We'll be discussing the Ace Attorney franchise as well as a little bit of Professor Layton. Oh, that's sort of Natsume's big installation on a lot of the Nintendo consoles and made them really successful as well. And uh, and yeah, so that's what's going to be on for next week. Thank you so much. Uh, and the next upcoming special uh, that we have written down here, uh, we are in the future going to do a special on Harvest Moon or... Perhaps about the sort of a crossover with Story of Seasons, because I've played a lot of those games. So if you're interested in that, in a short while you can tune into a special explaining you the difference in between Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons. Because a lot of people think they are not the same, but in fact they are. And it's a whole curl among gaming developers, peeping, leaving people, people going about people. It's quite interesting. Um, and I will probably also produce a special about an old-time favorite of mine being Fire Emblem. But that's all for in the future. Yes. I think we're going to play one more song. We're going to play one last song. This is Rap Battle, uh, Xbox One versus PlayStation 4. Here it is. Hope you enjoy it. Hello? Hey, what's up, Bri? What you doing? Just playing some video games? What are you doing, man? Not much. I was just getting ready to head over to the game market, get one of them new consoles. I've been thinking about doing the exact same thing. Which one are you getting? I've been thinking about it for a while, man. I'm not real sure. I can't make up my mind between the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I come pick you up, we'll go there together, and we'll figure it out when we get there. Alright, bro. See you in a bit. Alright, I'll be there in a minute. Oh boy! Finally, he's going to get the new Xbox! I can't wait to get an what, upgrade. What? what? Get a new Xbox? What? You know why they call it the Xbox One? Because you take one look at it and you buy a PlayStation 4. You think you're so funny, don't you? Yeah, yeah you actually, so, I Well, do. I don't! 
Hey, we. What? Since you're not doing anything, drop the beat. Mm, okay. Uh, what? what is this? We're gonna settle this the old-fashioned way. A rap battle. You, you really want to do this? this? This is just gonna hurt our friendship. Friendship? Ha! <laughs> you're no friend to me! Prepare to be destroyed! Destroyed? After this is over with, you're gonna look like an Xbox One. Just like an old VCR. Alright, that's it! You done did it again. We got a lot in common, but we are far from friends. We got a lot in common? Yeah, why? Are you sure that why does Xbox cost so much more? Well, we come with Connect. It's an advanced system. You can say Xbox on and the console listens. What do you come with? Just a controller? But it has a touch screen and you can pinch and scroll. You're only jealous of us. Me jealous of you? Of course you are. We've been king since PS2. Why are we whispering? I didn't want the Connect to get upset since he's up there listening. Hey, I heard that. See what I mean? Yours should be named the Xbox Spy Machine. Oh, that was a good one. Hey, turn the beat back on. We're not done. Now, if I'm so bad, if I'm the worst, then why do we get the Call of Duty map packs first? Uh... And don't forget my favorite four-letter word, Halo. Ouch, that really hurt. Almost as bad as your E3 rejection. You mean almost as bad as your network connections? Our network is bigger. Our service is better. How many times have we been hacked? Mmm, never. Sure never. Fabricate your reputation. It's not a stretch to say we're full of innovation. You're full of something. Uh, you shut your mouth. I'll beat you so bad I'll pop your hard drive out. I'll tear your charge cable in half right I, now. I will pull your disc right out and now. rip it in half. Go for it, you big don't boy. Understand you can't what beat I me. I'm the you. big dog. You won't have on the any block. buttons left big on your controller. <gasps> He's home. I wonder which console he got. Which console are you getting? Leave a comment below. I really hope he got the Xbox One. It is, after all, the better choice. It is the better choice. If you like getting spied on while you're playing. Don't be silly. It's the better choice for entertainment. I can do everything the Xbox does, but cost $100 less. One day, one day they'll use me again. It'll be just like it used to be. Just like it used to be. <laughs> and that was a very sad Wii going back into its shelf, which I thought was actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought this this song kind of, it's a bit of a weird song, but it kind of plays into the episode we did last week about Kirby being the death of so many Nintendo consoles. Exactly. And in this song, you actually hear we dying alongside a Kirby game. So yeah, it makes sense that it gives you a bit of hindsight, interesting uh, crossover <laughs> thingy. Exactly. But anyhow, I think uh, it's been enough for this week. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really happy to have you. We'll see you guys again next week when we talk about Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright, and Professor Clayton. I can't wait. Stay safe, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Learn, live, learn, listen, learn, live.